Hello, and welcome to the MacFab Engineering Podcast. We are your host, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dillman. This is episode 85. So, this week was... This week, I guess. But, and more importantly, <laughs> it was... Uh, on Wednesday, it was September 13th, which was the fourth anniversary of MacroFab. Four years old. Woohoo! Yeah. So, we need cheers. Like, yeah, oh, cheers, cheers. I'm sure that came through on the mic. Oh, yeah, these mics are pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal. Um... That was the day that MacFab was incorporated, um, not the day that we started doing anything. Well, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. The company had to be incorporated, and then, like, I started on the 30th or the 1st of October. Okay, so you're almost at four years. Almost at four years. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, not yet. Still got two weeks ago. Okay, well. <laughs> um, I don't think they're going to can you in two weeks. We'll so. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of this month... We had the Hardware and Electronics Engineering Meetup here in Houston. We had to cancel last week's because there was a hurricane. Yeah. You know, just a little storm. Right? Yeah. Um, Harvey got in the way. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey got in the way. Um, so we have two talks this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have how to design products with lean manufacturing in mind, which you are doing. That's right. And which then, I was going to do last time, yes. so we just rolled it over. Yeah. And the best thing, he was just like smirking when like we had to cancel that event because he hadn't done his presentation yet. I'm going to do my presentation the night before. That's no, it's how like, it always it's works. It's going to be 3 p.m. on that day, on that Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. i got to write something. <laughs> and then we'll have um, we have some guys from Mauser who are the sponsors of our meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing a presentation on how to use their parametric search on their website. Which is completely nerdy, but amazing. I'm actually, I, I really want to see it myself. Yeah. This is something I, I actually kind of discussed with them a little bit. Uh, I was I was talking to the, some of their guys and I was like, you should show us like tips and tricks on how to use your parametric search because it's not always the easiest and like how do I drill down and get what I want quickly? Yep. So they're going to talk about that. And of course we'll have free food, beer, and uh, tours of the fab. Yeah, so, come hang out, come network. Yep. Have fun. Yeah, that's 6 p.m. last Wednesday of this month, which is the 27th of September. Iris is the best. Yeah. All right. So topics this week, we're going to be talking about fixing Steven's motorcycle. Yep. Which we haven't done yet, but we'll be talking about fixing it. Mm-hmm. Um, new gear for the MEP. Woo! Yeah. So instead of talking on these moderately okay USB microphones, we're going to be getting some decent equipment. Mm-hmm. So Steven's going to be talking about that. We'll have the pick of the week, the PAL, and then the RFO. All right. So Parker, yeah, your motorcycle. It's a piece of garbage. Hey, it's not a piece of garbage. <laughs> so what, what, what motorcycle is it? Uh, I have a 2001 Honda Aero VT 1100C3. Yeah, it's like what the it's basically the Japanese like Harley. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was their answer to yeah. the Harley. In fact, if I don't quote me on this, but I'm I'm almost 100 percent certain they actually got sued by Harley. Um, did they copy the to, trademark sound? They did. <laughs> They they, co- they they copied the engine the the internal engine uh, the the rotation of the firing of the cylinders uh-huh. uh, from the ninety eight year and then the ninety nine year was one hundred and thirty five degrees mm-hmm. so you would think that the cylinders would fire one hundred and eighty degrees out of phase with each other but Harley does one hundred and thirty five that's why when you hear a Harley it sounds like it's saying potato 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 <laughs> uh, instead of da, 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 da. Uh, and Honda got sued for that so the 
oh the the 2000 and the 2001 model they moved it to 180 degrees so, so that's like what yours mine, yeah, yeah mine so it yours also actually, vibrates a lot less yeah, because so of that yours actually runs smoother <laughs> it does yeah it does although the, the 135 once you get it up to about 70 miles an hour you don't feel the vibration anymore no yeah but it does vibrate like a madman yeah <laughs> you know, i wonder if they make retro kits to like turn the 2001s and 2000s to the 135. You know, I actually designed. Uh, so in, in college, I had a uh, a class where I had to come up with ideas. We actually yeah. had to create products, a couple products every week. And one of the products I made was a uh, a, a retrofit uh, crankshaft for a motorcycle, such that you could pull a lever, it would break the crankshaft. You could advance it to 135 and then reconfigure the the crankshaft. So if you're going in the city and you wanted the Harley sound, you could move the crankshaft to that degrees. Or if you wanted to, to like go on a trail and ride for hours and hours, you could push it to 180 degrees. So, interesting project. Yeah, whatever. I had to come up with something, and I had a yeah. motorcycle at the did time. You, <laughs> did you have to um, actually do any design work, or is it just like the theoretical high level? Uh, theoretical. It was theoretical, but you, uh, I had to get up in front of a class of 700 people and present the project. Jeez, that's a huge class. Yeah, it was huge. Um, so, anyways, motorcycle doesn't run. Well, it runs, mm-hmm. and the fact that it moves. Yes. So it's a V-twin, two cylinders. One of the cylinders fires. The other one does not. Does not. And so in an engine, you need three things. Yes. Fuel, spark, compression. Right. So one of those things doesn't work in that one cylinder. At least at one, least of, those one of those things. things. It can be multiple yeah. things. Well, yeah, and, and you need the moving parts to actually be in there, too. Yes. So that's the fourth thing. Well, that makes compression. Right. Oh, okay. Moving parts. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so for the longest time... We, uh, Steven thought it was gas, the fuel part, because right. you took it to like two shops and they got no like, oh yeah, it's definitely the carburetor. And so they cleaned the carbs. Re- they like rebuilt the whole carburetor and it still has the issue. Right. It just, yeah, that back, the back cylinder does not fire. Yeah. And I mean, the exhaust pipe is cold. Yeah. And the, um, but then we were talking about it. And so we were going to, we were going to attack it as a fuel problem. Mm-hmm. We we're going to clean the carburetor. All that stuff. Flush all the lines. Flush all the lines. Get all clean. Which needs to be anyways because it hasn't been ridden. It hasn't been ridden in two years. Yeah. And so it's going to be all varnished up. Right. Um, But then you mentioned that you had a rag stuffed in the exhaust pipe. And? It was soaked in gas. uh, The one that wasn't firing. That's right. You can put your hand over the exhaust pipe and then smell your hand and it smells like gas. Yeah. Which means it's getting gas in that cylinder. So compression is pulling air through the carbs. Through the carbs. And pushing it out your exhaust. That's right. And so I'm like, okay, we're missing ignition now. So it's an electrical problem. Yeah, it's an electrical That's problem. why we're talking about yeah. motorcycles yeah. on the map. Yeah. yeah, so it's an electrical problem. So explain the the circuit that the ignition does on the on this motorcycle. So there's the I don't I can't remember what it's called the spark gap gap generator that's down in the crankcase yeah that that's a that rotates and basically times the machine it's a distributor distributor yeah it's probably called something else on the motorcycle I think it is but I, it's a distributor in the car world it for some reason magneto comes to mind uh, I think it is called the magneto uh, regardless that thing it spins down in in time with the crankshaft in fact it's directly connected to the crankshaft that's in my a distributor. Mind. And the magneto puts power into it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's probably actually on the other side of the crankshaft. Yeah. So that that actually sends a basically a pulse to the step-up transformer, which is the ignition coil. Ignition coils. So I've got four spark plugs on this bike, two per cylinder. And the fact that 
it, I'm Low not emissions. burning gas yeah. uh, in the back cylinder tells me that you know it it would be it would be it doesn't seem reasonable that both spark plugs for the back cylinder would be bad. Yeah. So we assume that the uh, ignition coil it's either is the bad. Distrib- is either the distributor's bad, like one peg's broken in it, could be, or the ignition coil for that one is bad. So the story goes like this: I I used to have a warehouse here in Houston that I lived in, and uh, I drove the bike into it in the winter time. I knew I wasn't going to ride it over the winter, so I set the bike down from riding it. It ran beautifully. I forgot to turn the petcock off, and I let it sit for three months while it was cold here in Houston. And then the next time I try to start it up in, like, February, it does not run. So, now, I got a question. Is Did you take it to a shop then? No, I no. did not. So what you do then? I was actually moving from my... Um, from that location to another location, I actually drove the bike on one cylinder ah. uh, to the location, which it does not run well. If no. It's running, and it doesn't go above about 35, <laughs> and it chugs like a madman when you're doing that. So I rode back streets all the way to the new place, and then I parked it there. Uh, and after, after some months, I took it to a shop. But I had actually, before I took it to the shop, I pulled the carbs myself because I thought it was just a carb issue. I pulled the carbs, and I completely cleaned them. All the jets were... were open uh, you could blow air through them uh the bowls both had fuel in it yeah they were gummy in the bottom they had varnish uh the way the guys at the shop actually called it they they, they said it had boogers inside of it so <laughs> i cleaned all of those out uh and the bike still didn't run so that tells me that it's probably not a fuel issue no you could put a compressor i put compressed air through the carbs and it was spitting tons of gas out of it so i don't think it was a carb issue uh and i do have the right jets in the card for the pipes that I have on there. So it it seems, everything seems to point that it's an electrical issue. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll have you hold the spark plug and I'll crank it over. Yeah, it sounds great. I'll put it on my tongue. That's what you do with a 9-volt <laughs> battery, right? Yeah, exactly. How does 30,000 volts sound? I think that was the, that's the worst electrical shock I've ever had. You've been hit by a spark plug? I, I was hit by my distributor cap on my Jeep. Woo! Yeah, yeah. that was fun. I, I've, I have done... That actually knocked me on my butt. Uh... <laughs> Back in high school, I was mowing my buddy's lawn, and he had a ghetto uh, uh, lawnmower, and you couldn't turn the lawnmower off. The only way you would turn it off is just pull the cap off the spark plug. Oh, boy. And he had a zip tie on the line, and, and the zip tie was long, and you would grab that and yank yeah. it off. Well, I, uh, I tried doing that in my hand slip, so I just grabbed the wire and pulled it right off. Oh. And 30,000 volts will arc a couple inches. Yeah, a couple inches. You know, Especially since you're, like, you know, you're mowing the lawn, so you're a little sweaty. Oh, salty sweaty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hit by, by even just a lawnmower, and oh my god, that woke me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it knocked me on my butt, and I just was like, well, I'm done working on the Jeep for today. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to be doing that this weekend. Um, Not the electrocuting part. Well, yeah. yeah. So I've got I've got <laughs> gobs and gobs of parts because we're going to be doing new filters, new plugs, new oil, new everything. Yep. So we're just going to, I don't know, I'll bring beer. We'll have fun. Yep. We should take a video of it. Yeah, why not? Edit it together and see if it actually works or not. Hey, it needs to work. It needs to work, yeah. The right. weather's about to be good, and I want to ride it to work. Yep. Um... So yeah, that's going to be fixing Steven's... I guess next week... No, next week we have a guest. So the week after that, we'll have an update on the motorcycle. Okay. And unless people pay attention to Twitter and they'll know right away, probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll post something about it. 
Um, so yeah, new gear for the map or the Mac Engineering podcast. Right. New motorcycle, new gear. Yeah. So uh, you know we've been for the past couple episodes, two episodes actually. So we haven't been recording with Josh uh, due to the hurricane, uh, and we kind of made the decision to get our own gear and yep. start uh, doing it here at Macrofab. Uh, so we're changing things up a little bit. So I actually spec'd out a whole podcast recording set, and better than your average podcast recording. Yeah, we want this to we want this to sound nice. We want it to sound as good as how it did when we were at Josh. In, in other words, when you're listening to us, we want you to not realize that you're listening to us. You know, yeah. in other just good sound in general. So, uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown of a couple of things that we're getting. Uh, we're getting a, a Motu eight pre USB. Interface. interface, yep. Uh, Motu's a pretty good brand. Not pretty good. They're, they're, they're like mid to upper range uh, brand. Prosumer? Prosumer, effectively, yeah. So we're not spending gazillions of dollars getting it, but it's also not the cheapest thing you can buy out yeah. there. Uh, we're getting two SM7B uh, by Sure microphones. Those are kind of gold standards for podcast recording and the ones we use at uh, Josh's studio. Yep. Uh, they sound great, and they'll last a long time for us. Uh, so everything else that we're getting is, is a lot of housekeeping stuff like rack mount power supplies, rack mount, um, interface, uh, for XLR connections mm-hmm. and things like that. So Parker, you have a rack mount case that you're kind of donating to the map, right? Yeah. So I've got this like old school fifties era rack mount. That's still, it's 19 inch, all that good stuff. Yeah, standard spacing. Um, and it was made by at least the badge on it was made by what the precursor of TI was. I'm going to have to look that up real quick. So keep talking about the stuff. Okay, so well, the, the point of this is we decided we want the whole podcast recording rig to be in a rack mount format. So we don't have to have a bunch of cables lying around or anything like that. So I actually spec'd everything out. This is great. It, it's all rack mount, including the power, and everything is accessible in terms of the plugs from the backside of all the rack stuff. So... The front of this rack mount case will just have all of our dials and knobs and all the stuff that we want, plus the, uh, the the place where we plug our mics into. But all of the signal routing and everything is done on the back of the rig. So it'll look super clean, and it's really easy to set up. Yeah. The company that was before TI, well, became TI, was Geophysical Services. And they did, um, like, geological, like, surveying and stuff and oh, for that. Okay, yeah, like, like the seismic stuff. Seismic stuff, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the plan right now, and I'm actually kind of happy about this. I think it's going to be great. We have the we actually have four mics. Two of them are the SM7Bs, and two are, sure, SM58s, which are kind of gold standards for mics. And, in fact, a lot of the guests that you've listened to on the map have used SM58s over at Josh's. Um, so we have the ability to have up to eight inputs, so we could have four people with four other inputs for whatever. Four synthesizers. That's right, yeah. <laughs> All of them in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the cool thing is everything plugs into one patch bay in the front, and then it gets signal routed all to the back. Uh, we also have two uh, 3U rack mount drawers. Yeah, so we'll put... So we'll all the put... mics and all the cables go in there. Yep. Uh, the whole thing collapses it and... Yeah, it becomes one unit. And this thing is done. like two and a half feet by two and a half feet. Yeah. And so and it's on wheels. So we can right. just wheel it into a corner where it will live for 99% of its life. And then right. we wheel it out for the two hours on Thursday. Right. Do our recording, put it all away, and then everything will be set. And it will, it will have the computer there yep. all ready to go. So you plug it into the wall. 
you plug however many mics you need into it. I'm going to create templates in our recording software such that the EQs and everything are all set. So we basically just turn it on, record, plug it all back in or uh, pack it all up and put it in the corner. It's going to be super awesome. Real easy, real transport. It's, it's meant for this podcast and basically this podcast alone. Yeah. It's it's for the style podcast. Right. Right. And uh, so on top of that, I've actually had here at Macrofab, I've had two MindPrint DTC, which stands for dual tube channel, uh, microphone preamps and compressors Yep. that I've been meaning to fix eventually. They've been uh, sitting in my area of the engineering department, um, and we decided... Since we moved here, this location. Yeah, actually, I brought them over <laughs> right after that, right after we moved, yeah. Uh, so I picked these things up at a local electronics store um, for 200 bucks, both of them, and they go for $3,000 each. Yeah. So I got a killer deal on them, but they, they didn't work at the time. Uh, so I've basically been bringing them back to life, yeah. and we're going to use those as our microphone preamps. So... And that's a German company that builds those, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even remember what the company's name is. I mean, it's Mind Print Inc. Well, it's Mind Print, <laughs> but they're owned by some other German company. That's oh, gotcha, super gotcha. German name, whatever. They're they're pretty rare. You don't really find them all over the place. Uh, so for anyone, Stammer, Stammer, is that yeah. what it is? Oh yeah. Okay. So Parker's got the schematics form. I'm right handing here. it back over to him. Stammer. Okay. Yeah. It's it's their logo is kind of weird. Yeah. Or that's the company that just did the design it's possible i don't know um so getting these schematics was kind of interesting uh so i i've been trying to fix these things without schematics and they're pretty complex and there's some issues in them that are not just like simple things like oh the power supply doesn't work that's usually an easy fix Uh, find the thing that's burnt yeah uh but so i decided to get the schematics for this so i contacted them just on a whim i was like do you guys offer schematics i fix things uh, and, and I actually got an email back from them and the email was weird. Cause the, 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 the support lady was like, are you technically minded? Uh, <laughs> and, and, I was like, and she she goes, send me any information, uh, of you being technically minded. Send me your birth certificate, SSN. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I used to be certified as a Korg, uh, authorized repair technician okay. back in the day. So I just took a screenshot of my Korg, like login uh, that that I, funny enough, still have. Uh, and I sent that to her, and she's like, this is acceptable. I also <laughs> looked you up on Google, and there's pictures of you in a shop, and that was fine, too. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I just, so she sent me the, the schematics. I looked you up. Yeah. She's stalking you. Yeah, no, she's like, it looks like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, All right. So, so, yeah, we have the schematics, and it's 20 pages of schematics. Yeah, and there were... It's pretty well done. The best thing is the functional diagram on the on the front. Yeah, because it has three, wonder, three blocks. Yeah, it has, I don't know if we can post this. Uh, she did say make it confidential. Yeah, so we can't post this. But Anyways, it's really simple to. Yeah, it's describe. really simple. It has on the left side of the, of the box says power supply. Yeah, and on the right side it says it has another box that says all boards. It just wires <laughs> it just with drawings, wire go to wires the... with what voltages they are. But it's not like. They're color coded or anything. And this thing has like eight boards in it. Yeah, it just could have had eight different ones. It just has all boards. All boards, yeah. (laughs) But this thing's got a lot of power rails. It does. Plus minus 22 volts, so you got two rails there. Yep. Plus minus 15, another two. Plus 70, which I'm going to guess is the heaters for the tubes. Uh, No, that's plus 300 volts. That's the plus 300 volt would be the anode. Yeah. Um, Negative 12.6. That's That's the heaters for the tubes. And then ground. 
Okay, so the plus minus 15 is like every op amp that's in the thing. Yeah. Uh, the plus 70 is actually, it's unfiltered, and then they filter it right at the microphone input for phantom power. Uh, so they bump 70 down to 48. 45. Oh, is it 48? 48. Okay, yeah. You would know. Yeah, 48, and then uh, what was what was the other one? Uh, the minus 22, I have no clue. I don't know <laughs> what that does. That's the mind print power. The mi- <laughs> mind power. That That's going to be the code word. Mind, mind print pa- power. Mind print power. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you... Uh, if you email in mindprintpower to podcast at macrofab.com along with your address, uh, we will send you some sweet swag if you are in the United States. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of that, because last week we had the contest. That's right. For the Pinotar. Yep. And, unf- I, and I just remember this, so I did not write down the notes of who sent. We had three, we had three people write in. Well... Yeah, we, we yeah, Tom, Tom was one. Tom Anderson. Yeah. Which is um, from The Matrix. <laughs> 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 Mr. Anderson. Yeah, his name is Tom Anderson. Tom, What's Thomas it? Anderson is, is in Matrix. Uh, Emmett Naughton. Yeah, Emmett Naughton. Yeah, that's um, right, that's right. Wrote in, and then we had another one this morning. Econ Designs. Econ Designs, um, which I guess we don't have a name for that. Anyways, we'll put all of them up in the podcast notes because they're freaking awesome. Yeah, all three of them. They're very different. Yeah, they're very one. different. And they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. They're super, they're super yeah. great. So yeah. thanks, guys, for taking the time to to draw out the Pinotar. Yeah. Uh, you need to use one of those. Yeah, I know. I was so excited. Like, like the fact that someone actually, one person, all, all I cared about was yeah. to write in. Oh, and, and one of them is, like, sketchy. Yeah. Uh, the uh, One of them is, like, full color. Yeah. They took the time. No, it's, then, like, watercolor. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody took like a lot of time on that. And the other one is, I don't know. It's great. Line art. It, yeah, line art. Yeah. And it's fantastic. They're all fantastic. Yeah, they're all great. Yeah, they're all super great. So thanks a lot. H- have you talked to the rest of the Pinhead crew? Uh, uh, I've just you... been sending it over to them and they haven't responded. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to do it anyways. You're just going to put it, it on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what I'm going to do is take all three. One's going to be like the official logo. And then like on the back of the board, I'm going to put all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it'd be cool. What right. a special thanks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've got some sweet stuff going their way. Oh, yeah. They're going to get t-shirts and swag and probably some Mako watches. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the end of the project section. Yep. Um, so the pick of the week. Um, this was from our Slack channel. And there'll be a link down below for the Slack channel that we started. Mm-hmm. we actually starting to get... I think there's like 42 people in there now. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, this guy, his name is Elons. 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 He sh- showed off a really interesting way to like reflow BGAs at home. Okay. Hey, so what he did is he took a clothes iron. Mm-hmm. Like an iron, uh, like to iron your clothes with. Yeah. Okay. Flipped it upside down and put it in a vice. Okay. Okay. And then, so he just has a hot plate. Yeah, he has a hot plate, but it's a clothes iron. Electric clothes iron. And then he put a thermocouple on it so he could read the temperature with his multimeter. Okay? Okay. okay. And then he uses a PID, which is a uh, person in Dominion, <laughs> to, to basically looks at the temperature and flips a switch on and off to control the temperature. Oh, my. I, I, <laughs> okay? Okay. And then, so he puts, his, he puts the board down. and clamps Not a Variac, but just no, a switch. Just on switch off. Off, yeah. on and he, off. He's very slowly PWM. Yeah. This. 
um, three heat ports. Well, the thing is, what he figured out, I, I'm going to guess, is there's a lot of thermal mass. And so when it gets up to temp, he just clicks it on and turns it off. And waits for it to cool back down, turns it back on, turns oh, it back off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those, those things don't cool down or heat up yeah. super fast, yeah. So the um, so he takes his board, clamps yeah. it onto the, the iron. Clamps then, the board to the iron? Yeah, he has big, like, spring clamps. Okay. Okay? And then he puts the BGA on, right? Yeah. On, where it needs to go. And then he takes another multimeter in diode mode and connects it to one of the pins on the board that connects to an I.O. pin. Okay. And the FPGA, and one that connects to the ground plane. So he's reading the internal diode. Yes, that goes to the, ES, the ESD protection. No. And shit. so when it reflows, it, the multimeter beeps, and he can turn off the iron. That is awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is so good. Uh, that is that's that's like hacker level nine thousand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's sending a picture and everything, so I'm gonna put that in the in the description. That is that is uh, to to rely on the internal protection diodes to yeah. determine if you connectivity. Yeah, that's really while great. it's so liquid. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. I thought you would think that was awesome. Yeah, I actually had not seen that, so yeah. that is that is really cool. Okay, so the RFO, we got two this week. Okay. Um, this week we have a sewer in London's East End menaced by giant fatberg. <laughs> we found that on New York Times. <laughs> and then a question from our CEO, Chris Church. Oh, man, I haven't heard this one. Yeah, I, don't, don't look I, at the I'm not reading it. Yeah, I'm not reading it. it. So we're going to go to the fatberg. Okay. Um, actually, Justin, our our operations VP. VP. Thank you, because I always I, I don't know who people are. Titles don't mean anything to Parker. No. Um, they call it. They actually have a name for it called the Whitechapel Fatberg. It's under the Fatberg. Oh, it's under the uh, Whitechapel Street. Okay, so Fatberg. What is a Fatberg? It's a collection of wet wipes and grease. That's congealed into almost a concrete structure, oh. and in their in their drainage, it, it's actually somewhat more like a fat glacier. Yeah, glacier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does move slow because it's not like floating; it's like just sticking there. But and moving. so it's 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 a sixth of a mile long. Oh my gosh! Yeah, That's and cool. it weighs an estimated 140 tons. Yeah, and it's just completely clogging the pipes. Yeah, um, this is the best. Was a quote. From this guy named Lee Irving, which is like on the engineering team or something like that, that's tasked for removing the fat bird. It is described the experience as encountering a fat. Oh wait, I'm reading this wrong. Um, I no, I just typed it down wrong. Okay. Yeah, experience of encountering a fat bird as overwhelming with a smell that mixes rotting meat and a smelly toilet. Smelly toilet, as opposed to. A regular toilet? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. This is yeah. great. So the reason why I brought this up is because it's not really an opinion to have on a fat bird. Um, I don't. I I kind of like it, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. There's zero opinion. You no. have one option. One option. Get rid of it. Yeah, it's terrible. So how do you? So how they're going to get rid of it is they basically are sending eight people down there to spend three weeks. With what, the jackhammers, with something? jackhammers and pickaxes and shovels to get rid of fat the bird. Whitechapel Fatberg. <laughs> so, what would you? How would you get rid of the Fatberg? Kill it with fire. If it's grease, can you just ignite Dude, the whole thing? Like a giant candle. 
Because all it would probably burn forever. Yeah, because it would be because you could burn the 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 wet wipes would be the wick. Oh, and then all the sludge just but how, in the fuel. So you'd have to to make that work is you'd have to force force induct air into the the, the sewer. Yeah, because and then just like I wonder how long that would take. Okay. Another idea. Or it would just catch the entire sewer system on fire. It would do that. It would for <laughs> sure do that. Yeah. And that would be, yeah, all the all the potholes would just explode straight through the street. Uh, you'd have geysers of flames across the uh, all of London, so that ain't going to work. Have you seen how they drilled the um, English Channel? The huge, oh, the like, huge, the huge yeah. like, just take one of those and just drill through it. Drill through it? Just drill a small yeah. version of those? Yeah. Just a whole bunch of uh, diamond nibs or whatever. You know those little inserts they put on the yeah, end of yeah, drilling yeah. things? And just have it just destroy it. Yeah. How about you? What, how would you take care of Fatberg? I would probably, like... It depends on, like, how... Because they say it's, like, concrete. But if it's, like, movable anyway, like, I would, like, make a plug and try to shoot it out. Like put just build like a what they call it a pig in 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 um, oil and gas. Okay. So it's a pig for your um, for your pipeline. It's basically it it sucks in like a cork, and then you put pressure behind the pig, and the pig just moves through the pipeline because of the pressure differential. Yeah. And it kind of just scrapes all the sludge off the pipeline. All right. So if you put a giant pig behind it and just like cranked that PSI up and shot it out into the Thames River. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> There's a giant turd flying <laughs> out of the pipe into the river. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That mental image, I did not expect that to happen. It would have I was to, giving that explanation. It would have to make like a great noise, like like that whole like, as it comes out of the tube, you know? And, then, and they would do a documentary about that process, right? Oh, yeah. And so they had the, and then it had like the slow motion of it like arcing over the river. Oh, that's disgusting. That's <laughs> so gross. Because then it just lands in the river, and now you've got a, you've got a floating fatberg in the middle of the river. 140 tons of it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah. Maybe their solution is the best. Just send a bunch of dudes in there and chisel it out. I do like the, the fire method. Yeah, just, just burn it. Burn it. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you just have a bunch of ash to take care of. Yeah. So. And smell. Yeah, I bet you it smells absolutely yeah. horrendous. Well, they said oh, so, rotting meat and, and yeah, bad toilets. But, but the thing about that is, in that Art New York Times article, they have a the current sewer system in in London was like built in like the 1800s or something like that after an event called the great stink yeah <laughs> where yeah they they mentioned that parliament had to had to leave yeah because the Thames river smelled too bad <laughs> but That's i love that naming scheme the great stink the great stink and and aren't they creating a new sewer system called the super sewer system super sewer <laughs> <laughs> That's where the Ninja Turtles live, for sure. <laughs> the Super Sewer, yeah. Okay. So on to the question from our CEO, Chris Church. So I was at looking for more RFOs. Okay. And this was posted into the um, Slack channel. Okay. 
And the question is, do engineers in space helmets work faster or slower than caffeinated chipmunks? What? Yeah. <laughs> Rapid fire printer, come on, man. So, engineers in space helmets. Space helmets. So, it's not in space, just in space helmets. Oh, okay. In space helmets work faster than caffeinated. So... Uh, no, we need a qualifier here, too, because <laughs> yeah. does it mean that your head's in the space helmet, or does your entire body have to be stuffed into the space helmet? Mm. Or do we need to find an engineer small enough that fits all the way into a space helmet? Uh, I'm, what I'm trying to do right now, <laughs> what, what I've been trying to piece together is, is my knowledge of what Chris Church would think would be an answer to this. I'm trying to figure out what he would think would be an answer, this and like, I can't even I piece it together. I hope he's not... Asking these questions to like potential people that work here, uh, as interview questions. As an interview question. Yeah. Would you rather be in a space helmet, or would you rather be a caffeinated chipmunk? <laughs> <laughs> my my mother used to uh, always used to ask me, "Are you riding the school bus, or are you taking your sandwich to uh, to school?" You know, she would ask like random questions where like they're two completely unrelated things. Like, uh, That's what uh, this uh, is. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Those kinds of things. Uh, I don't know. I you know I. I don't know. Your well, thoughts? It's. I don't think if you're just wearing a space helmet, I don't think it impedes you from working, except maybe visually. Um, yeah, probably. And does a caffeinated and chipmunk? It depends on the work. Well, because a chipmunk, a caffeinated chipmunk, is definitely going to be better at collecting nuts than <laughs> any kind of human being. Well, but what, is that the task that you're going for? Well, it's just collecting work. Nuts? Just oh, just general. general. Yeah, just as general work. So it's like, is it coding? Is it, you know, moving this desk across the floor? Is it collecting nuts in the street? Well, okay. So I know one thing. I cannot wear any kind of visual thing on my head without it fogging up. That is guaranteed. <laughs> I, I hate safety glasses because so, they don't do anything. So to me. no matter what, I, yeah, a the chipmunk, chipmunk wins. would be better than me yeah. for sure okay. because it would fog up. Yeah. I think I'd be better than Chipmunk, unless it's collecting nuts. I'm wondering if he asked that question because your profile picture is you in a space helmet. That's actually part of what it is. I guarantee you. That's and then what you know what his is? So he's asking you know, if you, a Chipmunk you, is you, better than no, you. No, no. And you know what else is? His profile picture is a, is a, as a squirrel or Chipmunk. <coughs> but I don't know if it's caffeinated or not. Yeah, I, yes, that dude lives on monsters. <laughs> so, in a bonus question, yeah, in which does less damage? Ooh. So in D&D, so how much, if a, if a chickmunk attacks you, what kind of dice roll does it get? Huh. Because a human gets a D6. D4. Okay, a human yeah. gets, is that unarmed? Unarmed human, if you're, just, if you're just punching someone, you get a D4. Okay, so a D4. A D4. But what if you have a space helmet on? So you get a rant, you get a blunt weapon, head weapon. Oh, so if, you, if you're just swinging a space helmet at somebody? No, no, if you, if, what is there, what's a roll for a blunt head jab oh like so if you have a helmet like a steel helmet on and you like try to like bam someone they would actually probably still call that a d4 you you basically try to get a targeting call in football (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think just if i remember right i think it's just everything that you try to like whack with your body yeah is so what's a a, what's a baseball bat a baseball bat might be a d6 d6 okay be uh, it, it, it's, I, it's kind of up to the DM. I don't think I don't think a helmet would give you a mechanical advantage over just your bare head. Well, it would give you it would give you dexterity 
you would you would go down actually. Your armor class based off of that helmet would. Ah. Now we're getting into D and D rules. So you get a D four. So what about chipmunk though? A chipmunk would get probably a D two actually. Okay. Uh, and and it would have a very hard time doing damage to you. Yeah. So it would get m- mega negatives. So, but it, it could. It rolled a twenty though. If it rolled it, if, roll, uh, if you're playing off of version three, if it rolled a twenty and then it rolled a twenty, it kills you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is possible. It is. It is absolutely possible for a chipmunk. But it's the same probability that a human would kill someone with the space helmet on, if he did a twenty twenty as well. Yeah, according to those rules, and, and it's kind of annoying. Well, some people think it's kind of annoying. Uh, a twenty twenty kills anything, effectively. Yeah. So anything that rolls a twenty twenty so, so on it's you, that's a one out of four hundred chance. Uh, yeah, one out of twenty out of one out of twenty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it 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 does happen. Well, I have seen it. That odds is actually not bad. No, a it one really out of four hundred. No, no. If you so. play long enough, you will run into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I bet I bet you what on that rule. Was they're like, oh yeah, rolling one, uh, two twenties in a row is probably not going to be probable. But when you just go, it's a one out of four hundred chance. It yeah 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 it, it it absolutely happens. Yeah, I have I have DM'd a game and put my characters against a big thing, and one guy looked at it. He rolled a twenty, rolled another twenty on on a single attack, and killed it. I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to like just create a second big thing. <laughs> So that, so that it's not just like, okay, well, we're done. Go home. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> second thing. Yeah. I actually, I pulled a really crappy DM move where, like, they went in a cave and there was a big monster. And yeah. the guy just crit it. Yeah. And then Super I was just like, oh, great. So I had, like, its partner was right behind it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the door opens up and the monster's like, Twenty twenty. You can say that rule. You know, what's, what's the saying with the, um, what, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 All right, on that bad joke, yep. that would be the engineering, Macrofab Engineering Podcast. Yep. We were your, <laughs> we were your hosts, Parker Zoman. And yep. Later, Craig. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs>Thank you, yes you, our listener, for downloading our show. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic that you want Stephen and I to discuss, tweet us at Macrofab or email us at podcast at macrofab.com. If you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, click that subscribe button. That way you get the latest MEP episode right when it releases. And please review us on iTunes. It helps the show stay visible and helps new listeners find us.